I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Keys with a man! He's gone to give him out, and then he's rubbed his nose. Rubbed his nose. Yeah. What about to McCullum, Shane? I'm going to be trying to shake the sweet one after that first one. I'm going to try and slide one in there fast. Yeah. Well, you call it. Out. Let's run out. Let's come off Sanders' head on his nose. You'll never see that again. Yeah, you think you've seen it all, don't you? Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast, ahead of round eight of the Big Bash season 2.0. Proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. Why 2.0, you ask? Well, some devastating news. For the first time since the launch of SC Playbook back at the start of 2020, uh, we've had to trash an episode. I'm absolutely gutted. Uh, so Maxie Bryden was on the recording last night alongside with Tomo Aitken, Maxie out of nowhere just lost his mind mid-show, started abusing me and Tomo, and we just we couldn't go with it. Just kidding, of course. We had a bloody tech fault, uh, and it's never brought us undone, but it did. So unfortunately, the podcast episode for Round 8, the original one, was not salvageable, unfortunately. Uh, however, we're back at business, recording it again, hence the 2.0. What we can do as well is chime in with a few bits and pieces from that original court recording from Maxi Bryden himself, who is back from his Balinese holiday. Uh, but stepping in today to join me for 2.0 of round eight is a bloke who's on holidays himself. He's on short notice and he's jumped on the ever-reliable SC Spy. Spy, how are you, mate? Mate, here I was starting to think about NRL season after Matty Short <laughs> got dropped the other night by my captain, Jai Richardson, first ball. Firstly, did you know that or not? Because we were at the pub and we missed it. And I saw it the next day. Post-cricket, <laughs> I know. Yeah, so he's come in. I was like, anti-pod, Matty Short. Look, everyone's going him or a lot of people are going him. Perfect opportunity against the Scorchers. You might get a couple of dud scores. Mm. He did not, but he literally sneaked one straight to gully. Jai Richardson under it, through the hands. 
Unbelievable. What an absolute. There's moments in each season. Last year for NRL followers, it was uh, Nico Hines not coming in round four and captaining Harry Grant. This was that moment, <laughs> and it's just frustrating. But that is super coach. And from a personal viewpoint, it's just like it's just set me back. I was sitting about a thousandth, hoping to break into the top 500, and I've ended up in 2000 after that double game. So I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm swinging for the fences now. No more um, just pine a straight bat. I'm happy to have a little little bit of reverse ramp sweep and see what happens for the last couple of rounds. So the, we'll get into it, eh? The highs and lows of Supercoach Big Bash are unbelievable. It's why we love the game at the majority of the time. It's why at times we sit there and go, why do we play this game? But, mate, uh, it does happen. As for the Kuma Stallions, put it this way, Spy, if you've got a fork, Bring it over to my apartment, stick it in me, because we are done. Holy <laughs> moly, it's been a tough, a tough season. That's why it was good sitting here in in episode one point of round eight. We had Maxi Bryden in about nine hundredth. Uh, Tom O'Aitken was about the same ranking, and I'm sitting here languishing in six thousand. I'm absolutely gutted, um, but look. I think uh, I think it's time to concede. I don't think I'll be winning BBL 13 Supercoach. We're having an absolute stormer of a round seven. We're recording just before the final game of Supercoach round seven on track for about 1,300 plus. So hopefully get back into the 4,000s. But look, uh, either way, it, it's been a bit of a disappointing season, but hopefully come home with a wet sail. Looking all right at the moment. On today's show, we'll be doing a Sydney Thunder deep dive. They are on the double game week in round nine. They're, for the first time this season, there's no team on the double in round eight. As a result of that, we're going to be looking at the single game week targets we are eyeing off for the run home and ranking our picks. Uh, very exciting because even the Sydney Thunder, who are battling as well big time, they've got some roster movement uh, coming in as well with David Warner, which will shake things up. Not going too well, so a real big opportunity to go with some single game week options that are really low ownership that we've had to sort of avoid for the majority of the season. Maxi Bryden has also dropped his top seven super pods. For those looking for a Hail Mary victory in the overall race or their head-to-head finals, he's got his top seven. I think they're all at like sub 2% ownership or something, and there are some red-hot names on that list. Uh, We'll be dropping our trades and skipper plans for round eight. I also sat down for a quick chat with Gareth White from Seekle. Well worth a listen if you've ever flirted with the thought of maybe occasionally punting a bit too much, or if you haven't, because you might be surprised. Uh, a really, really good and insightful listen from Gareth. Maxi Bryden will also be taking over the SC Playbook question and answer podcast tomorrow morning. So we'll have that for you uh, on Thursday morning, leading into the first game of round eight on Thursday night. Spite, let's get stuck into it. And we do start with the Sydney Thunder. As I said, to make it clear, not on the double in round eight, no team on the double in round eight, but they are on the double in round nine, meaning they'll be at the forefront of people's trades uh, in round eight. And, mate, the the standout on this list is Daniel Sams, who he'll cost you over $200,000. He's going to have a high break even off the back of, I think he scored three points this round. Uh, it was. It was a whopping three points. Expensive, but he is the bloke that we're all going to want for that double. Are you looking at this stage spot to bring him in early, assuming you're keen on him, or are you happy to get a little bit of a price drop and wait till till round nine for the double? You know what, mate? It might depend on tonight. Um, Perth do got to play another game. We'll see where their prices ended up. They've had a couple of sort of semi-down games, which has coincided poorly. So it will just depend if I can easily afford Sam's. He's the kind of bloke, as much as I am swimming, swinging for the fences, 
gee, it's nice to have him in your side. You know, he often gets a bat. He's a great bowler. Um, just that all-rounder presence in the lineup. Um, after having a crack at a couple of blokes this round, like your Caleb Jules, um, <laughs> <laughs> then it's nice to have him. So, yeah, I'll be pretty keen to get him in, but there's a lot to unfold. It all changes so quickly in BBL. So after tonight, I'll have a good look. But anyone looking to bring him in, I think it's a, a smart move. The reason you wouldn't get Sam's is if, Let's set a hypothetical. Maybe you're sitting like two or three hundredth. You're a bit off the lead there, but you're still just in with a sniff. Bit of a minor miracle. That's when you probably avoid a bloke like Sam's. It's one game. A lot of the top dogs might have him in already. Maybe they're getting him back in to consolidate. That's when I'm happy to say, you know what, bugger it. Let's just hope, you know, he doesn't score well this game. Then he can get in the round after if needed. Um, it's just, it's a personal call. Others, if you're just looking to maximise your rank and just get as high as possible, then, I mean, he's, the, he's nearly the first bike picked to the Thunder, isn't he? Exactly right. He's certainly the smart move. And just on the Sydney Thunder, uh, the decks they've got. So in round eight, they play in game two of the round against the Sydney Sixers at the SCG on what should be a pretty decent batting wicket, uh, but also playing in game two. It makes them very loopable, particularly if you're looking at someone like Alex Hales or Ollie Davis or Cameron Bancroft uh, in round nine for their double, more importantly, Game one is against the Adelaide Strikers at Monica Oval, traditionally one of the flattest batting decks in Australia. So great news if you're looking at, in particular, their batsmen in the lineup. Second game of their double is at the Sydney Showground, which is a bit of a mine at the moment. We saw the other night uh, spinners, off-pace bowlers doing all the damage there. So in terms of the decks and looking at batters in particular, those two grounds kind of offset each other. So nothing overly friendly for batsmen across the two or for bowls across the two. So uh, just one to note there. But Daniel Sams is one that I'll be looking. If I'm going to go early on a Thunder player, it'll probably be on Sams just because he's a guy that I know that I'll definitely want. You'd imagine he'd be pretty job secure getting both games of the double. Um, unless I really need that extra cash that he's likely to drop after this round, uh, I'm pretty keen to go a week early on him. Spy, if we go through the batting card, at the Thunder. Cameron Bancroft's surprise snubbing from the Australian Test Squad for the West Indies series. Surprise to me. I thought he was going to be in and amongst it somewhere. Steve Smith is reportedly going to get elevated to the opening spot. Cannot wait to see that unfold. Uh, Matt Renshaw also been named in that squad. But good news for Supercoaches. So we've got Cameron Bancroft and Alex Hales, who has found form on that Sydney showground deck, 72 off 55 when... You know, there was hardly another player in that lineup who could get it off the square. Tom Cole at Cadmore, the English import coming in, 27 off 18, looked the goods and he's also a little, a little bit enticing. Also has that dual wicketkeeper batting positioning, as does Bancroft, as does Matt Gilks, not to be going that way. Ollie Davies, we saw, dropped down as far as number five last outing. David Warner is to come back into this side spy and he also does so at a fairly cheap price. Now, I believe he has his brother's wedding on the same day as their round eight fixture. Uh, all sorts of things. They say they're going to get in a chopper to get him to both, but David Warren, he's just enjoying his international retirement. Uh, I dare say he will be at his brother's wedding. Probably more one for that double um, if he's to miss that. Among those blokes, who are you looking across the two weeks to, to bring into your side, if any? Yeah, a couple of candidates. Um First worth noting, obviously, they're playing their second game of the double at the showground, but they do get their first game on 
somewhat more friendly pitch. I can't remember where it is. Don't know if you've got it in front Ma- of you. Monica Oval. Like, Monica, good, mate, good, good place we, to bat. So. Spire, we're about five minutes into this podcast and you haven't listened to me again. There's not even anyone else on it and you just completely brushed me. No, I was writing my list as I went. All right, <laughs> all right. I'll let you off the hook. <laughs> so we've got uh, – and then I also went to pull up my screen. I thought it was on there, so I was just going to – and it wasn't. <laughs> um, Cam Bancroft for me – He's threatened to break out score this year, although the last couple of rounds he hasn't looked quite at his best. He's the kind of weight that could reel off a ton, I feel, or, a, you know, an 80 or 90. So I mm. think Bancroft with pick of the batters for me. Um, the other one, Coley Cadmore. He's been run out twice in his last two balls. So the poor <laughs> bugger, he's only actually been out once and he's one of the most aggressive blokes alive. So maybe he's the kind of bloke when you're sort of not going as well as you'd hoped, he's the one you can swing for the fences on and hope he just explodes. Uh, cheaper price, he might be the perfect candidate for me just to come in and just see how he goes. Bit of a swing for the fences. We know he can bat. They brought him across batting top three. Um, I wouldn't mind having a swing at him. So I don't know if I'd go both of them, but definitely on the cards, those two out of the batters. Uh, and Warner's a wait and see. I don't even know if he's going to be playing. So let's see what happens first. If he gets named, then you can make a decision then whether you get him in round eight or nine. Again, depending on ownership, if everyone brings him in, he's probably the perfect guy to antipod and hope his yep. sort of mind is elsewhere. If his ownership yeah. run amongst those top guys or just above you is anything less than 50%, then I'd be more than happy to bring him in at that price. Yep, fair play. Uh, I'm with you. I like Cameron Bancroft. There's going to be fire in his belly because uh, I dare say he would have in the back of his mind been going, I've got to be every chance at this off the back of some successful Shield seasons. The snub, he's going to be fired up. As I said, particularly that first fixture at Monica Oval. Uh, don't underestimate as well, particularly if you're looking to go early on him, uh, the dual wicketkeeper positioning could come in very handy uh, this week with a little VC loop. Anyone carrying Sammy Harper still, uh, who had that really nasty incident at training, and he's unavailable for the stars at the moment. Thoughts go out to Sammy and hoping that he uh, he is well and would love to see him back in the Big Bash this season. Uh, in terms of Supercoach, though, it does give that wicketkeeper and batting loophole opportunity next round where there are no teams on the bye. I will also note the Brisbane Heat on the bye in round nine. So uh, if you've got one or two players in their squad, which you should coming off the double, for loops in round nine, you'll need to hold on to probably one or two of them. So before you file fire sale them, uh, take note of that. Bancroft I like. Alex Hales looked a lot better after a slow start in his knock against the, the Scorchers the other night. Um, looking to probably go against him. I assume people will go to him at a decent price as well off the back of that knock. Ollie Davis has said just a little bit too far down the order. So... Bancroft, probably the only one I really want in my team from there. In terms of the bowling order, Spy, we've spoken about Dan Sams, Chris Green, Nathan McAndrew, who's been really got good for them of late, Gurinder Sandu. Um, Gurinder Sandu and Liam Hatcher have sort of been swapping uh, positions a little bit. It does create a little bit of uncertainty around their lineup, but I think off the back of the form of Nathan McAndrew recently, he's bowling death. He's got a good role for them. He looks appealing to me. I wouldn't be going early on him on the chance that he does either miss out, miss out on this week or, you know, the first game of the double. Uh, and the other one there, mate, the ever-reliable Chris Green, who has had a good role with them. He's batting at sort of around about number eight, but the top order, their, their entire order has been very shaky this season, especially with Dan Sams batting at number six. So I think Chris Green's another one that's caught my eye. Yeah, I don't mind, Granny. Uh, at this stage, if I'm picking a side right now, blokes to ring in at this mm. minute, I would get Chris Green. Um 
it just seems like the kind of way he can just knock out a 90 or so for the double rounder, which is super handy. Um, just given the amount of fouls you get in the BBL and the chance of someone going sub 10 or 20, pretty bloody handy there. Um, Tanvir Sanger hasn't been mentioned just yet, but he's sort of due a bag, isn't he? He's bowling all right without really getting many wickets. He'll be cheap. So there's a Absolutely couple of... jewel bag. Yeah, he's... Um... Paved his round one. I've been waiting for the bag for, for eight rounds. Yeah, I had him for a while. I've, I've sold him on. I actually ended up holding Ollie Davies, so hopefully he's due, but yeah. the other five is a bit of a pain. Um, the quickies, again, we don't quite know who's going to play, but for me it's Tanvir and Chris Green, and then if it gets to that double rounder, you wait for the teams in their first game and, yeah, get on one of them, but... I think with that showground pitch, the last one we saw, look, it could obviously change. If it spins like it did the other night, uh, why not Green and Tanvir and just see if they can clean up again? Mate, Ollie Davies got an over on the uh, on the Sydney show, and that's the condition it was in. So, yeah, and yeah, but but they said what it does do that deck it it all but confirms you'd think four overs pending match situation for Green for Sanger who's bowled a three three at times this season. He had like none for 12 or four, none for 14 or something. So as you said, hopefully a couple coming from him. As a result of not taking too many this season, uh, it does mean that he, he's at an affordable price for us as well. Just a, so, just a random note, speaking about spinners, next time someone play the strikers at Adelaide Oval, they've just got to pick two spinners and bowl them straight through the first eight overs. You do not want to be a quick bowler in that short. What an absolute gun. No, give him the slightest bit of length and you're getting hoiked over midweek and it's going a long way back. It's so good. Spy, I sat down with Gareth White from Seacourt for a quick chat uh, about those who have reached out to him so far via the SC Playbook podcast to get a grip of their gambling troubles. Have a listen to it. Some very interesting insights from Gareth. A warm welcome to Gareth White from Seacourt. Gareth, your first time on the show for the Big Bash season. How are you, mate? I'm good, Tim. I'm enjoying the cricket. It's good to be on. Yeah, absolutely. Getting out of holiday mode into 2024. Uh, now, mate, we, we've spoken about you know what Seacola and yourself can offer to SC Playbook listeners uh, over the last six to sort of 12 months. And one thing that conversations that I've had with you is, is defining a problem gambler. I think some people have the perception that you know, to be a problem gambler, you have to be losing a ton of money and in all sorts of trouble there. But one thing you've reiterated to me is that it can just be, it can be something like putting additional stress on your relationship. It can be just betting a little bit too much each weekend. How do you see it? Yeah, I think you've, um, you're on the money. Um, I think a lot of the time it's how it impacts the individual, how it impacts their sleep, how it impacts their mood around colleagues. Uh, indeed around uh, a, like a loved one, maybe someone they've met, maybe their children. Um, you know, the, the impact that gambling, particularly losing, can have on, on their mood and their well-being, they notice it and that's it's not really relevant to actually the money. Uh, it's normally just impacting their well-being and um, that's what I've noticed with a lot of people sharing with me, of, you know, the impact it has on them and their everyday life. Yeah, it was incredible. I said everyday life rather than just naturally the financial losses, which is whatever most people sort of um, link it to. And, mate, you have had SC Playbook listeners reach out to you to take that step, to, to get a bit of help, to get a bit of insight. Uh, how's the response been from those people? Oh, it's been great. I mean, it's, 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 it's hard to put into words, Tim. Um, I've got, you know, a fairly solid group of people that I talk to regularly and, I mean, I know I'm looking forward to the footy season starting and I'm probably going to punish them with a lot of questions around their teams for Supercoach. 
but I've formed some close bonds. Um, I got a really touching, you know, voicemail close to Christmas for a gentleman I'd been talking to for about six months. I won't share his name, but he sort of talked about how his life had changed, how he's the happiest he's ever been. And he's been able to shake something that he didn't think he could shake. So, um, you know, he's, He's, he's not betting and he's just happy. Um, and he talked about a lot of those things. He says that he's, he's better around the house. He's sleeping better. He's better at work. He feels better about his life. So, um, look, the bonds and relationships that I've got with the people that have reached out through the podcast, Tim, I'm from my end, it's been, it's been huge for me personally. I've, I've gotten so much out of it. Another thing that you have reiterated to me is that a lot of people have got in contact with you said that they'd heard um, your message delivered on the podcast six months earlier and they wish they'd got in contact straight away rather than waiting and waiting and waiting uh, for that final straw to make the call. Yeah, that's very common and I think most people say it. Um, they've been listening to the podcast for a while and they, 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 they wished they had done it earlier. No one that's reached out to me, Tim, has said that they've regretted reaching out. Um, typically when people ring up, we talk football or we'll talk cricket or we'll talk sport in general and then sort of get to the reason of why they've reached out. And I, I want it to be comfortable for the individual because people want that confidentiality, but they don't want judgment. People can often judge themselves incredibly harshly and they normally beat themselves up, but there's normally that comfort level to start talking about, all right, next steps, where do we go from here? But generally, in the first couple of phone calls, people, it's that weight off their shoulders once they make that first brave call. I've got I've got full admiration for the people that reach out to me. I really do. And I can just see the weight of the world is off their shoulders once they make that first call. It's a big step. And from everything I've heard, mate, it is an easy conversation uh, once they do make that call because the, the thing you have in in, um, in common with the SFA listeners is you love your super coach. So it's, it's an easy icebreaker to take a bit of tension off of what is initially a tough call to make. Mate, how can people get in contact with you? Yeah, so the, thanks, Tim. They can reach out. Look, I've got a um, an Instagram, so CCAL Gambling on Instagram. So that's C-E-C-A-L Gambling uh, on Instagram. That's probably the, the easiest way. Um, they can also call call us at CCAL um, on on o two nine double five nine four o one three, or they can also email me um, direct, uh, which is uh, Gareth W. So G A R E T H W at CCAL.org.au. But probably the Instagram's the easiest way to go, Tim. Perfect, mate. All those contact details are on the SC Playbook website in our articles. It's a completely free service, obviously completely confidential, and it doesn't matter where you are in Australia if you would like to get in contact with Gareth. Hey, mate, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Tim. All the best. Cheers. Spy, we move on to our single game week targets. At the end of it, we'll be ranking our top targets uh, but we will be going through team by team and just having a quick look at the guys who will catch our eye or have caught our eye, I should say. And we'll start with the Sydney Sixers, mate. There are a few in this team who I'm really keen on. The Sixers haven't had the double since round one, so they haven't been overly hot property in Supercoach for a while now. The other thing about them, they play in game two of round eight, so very loopable options. I am pretty keen on both Tom Curran and Sean Abbott, two stars of Supercoach, two stars of the Big Bash who haven't quite set it alight this year, but blokes I'm keen on. James Vince is another one who, you know, high risk, high reward kind of player. Anyone in this side that you're eyeing? 
Yeah, I think Tommy Curran's the big one. Really want him in somewhat affordable price. I think I'll grab Tommy Curran. He, and speaking of due for a big score, he couldn't be more due for a big score. That fella. He's bold, so. terrific, without <clears throat> much luck at all. He has. He's due for a hit of the willow as well and get a few away. So Tommy mm. Curran, I'll be all, all but certain, will be in my side, pending you know, being able to afford him and whatnot. Um, Steve Smith, is he going to have a game at all before the Windy Series? Steve Smith is going to play round eight. He gets one crack. He's cost an arm and a leg, Stevie Smith does. But, look, we know what he's capable of. He's $275,000. He's a 96 average. You know, if you're at the pointy end of the rankings or you need a miracle in your head-to-head, he came out last year and just exploded. <clears throat> if you want to come out and, and have a have a bit of a gamble at it, you can bring him in, captain him, and the upside is enormous. I'd love to own him. Um, the only issue is I've, over the last six days, I've lost all my bloody money, so I don't <laughs> fucking afford him. Um, so we'll see how we go. If I can afford him, I will bring him in next round just for for a one hit and then you can sell him on. Uh, I encourage you to do that 100% if you've got the money, uh, but it will be tricky to get him in. Yeah, uh, I unfortunately have had a big round and I'm earning all my money now, and as I said, too little, too late. We move on. Mate, the Melbourne Stars. In this lineup, of course, mate, Glenn Maxwell, I don't even think we need to talk about him. He's not the bloke I'd be looking to antipod on the run home and go against. Bo Webster batting at number three. Look, he's sporadically bowling his overs at the moment. Some weeks he'll bowl four, some weeks he won't bowl at all. His most recent fixture, one for 22 off three overs. Uh, a really appealing one for me as well. Marcus Stoinis, mate, I'll leave that to you. You can talk to us because... Good God, you're just waiting for this big score to come, but he didn't even bowl last game. So he's, I still own the big Stoin, but I don't even know if I'll be looking to play him at all in my lineup if I can avoid it. Uh, Imad Wazim is one that I reluctantly sold last round, but a bloke that I think has a good role in this side, good all-rounder role. Uh, who from this lineup do you like? Dan Lawrence is the other one who has looked really good uh, and also rolling the armour over a little bit as well, bowled and over last game. Yeah, he is. Um Quickly on Maxwell, about two years ago now, I was sitting about 250th, I think, going into the last round. I'm like, I have to have a crack. Let's even get top 100, top 50 here. So I sold Maxi, had a swing. He scored 152 or something with the bat, not out. Yeah, um, yeah that's not super coach terms. That is runs with the yeah, bat. I don't know what he actually scored. But <laughs> fair to say I dropped a, high, a heap of spots. But I don't mind having a swing late. you got to try to have a crack. Um, but maybe not on Maxi. He's that good. Um, Dan Lawrence, for me, is one. He's batting pretty well, and he's bowling a little bit, yeah, and he's a bit awkward with the ball. So I don't mind Dan Lawrence. I don't know if I'd sort of target anyone from the Stars, but, I mean, you could probably do worse than him. And Bo Webster's the other one. Um, he's classed with the bat, takes heap of catches, can bowl. So, yeah, Bowie's right up on that list if you want to have a crack at, at him. Outside of that, nah, Stoyne, he's had that really good innings in Adelaide where he scored 50 off about 18. Lovely stuff. Um, outside of that, though, he's batting at five. He's not bowling a heap. He could be okay. Like, if you own him like we do, maybe he's an auto-emergency. You can see how he goes. But, yeah, not, not showing sort of what we hoped he could. Yeah, they play in the last game of round eight, which doesn't help for the Stars and they're looping. Uh, game two of round nine. So if you know if you own the big Stoin, a decent anti, oh, sorry, a decent looping opportunity there, but certainly wouldn't be looking to buy him. The other Bo thing is, and yeah. just quickly on Stoin, say you've got two batsmen there and you've got 
couple of all-rounders in. Then you've got a McDermott, for example. I'm, I'm just picking someone off the top of my head, but someone who plays the early game. You put them on your bench, Stoin on field, as long as you can loop. And then Stoin could be your backup man who you play late if your batsman fails. So he still could have a role for you, but yeah, don't don't over-invest in the Stoin at the moment. Yeah, coming off the double as well, I thought um, Bowie Webster would I thought a lot of people would have held on to him just due to how good he's been, good role, all that sort of thing. Uh, but he's down to, I think, about 10 or 11% ownership among top-ranked overall super coaches. So he's a bloke that really does appeal to me going into it. And from the start, aside from Maxwell, probably just Maxi uh, for me from that lineup. Mate, moving on to the Adelaide Strikers. Matty Short, uh, obviously the big one. If you're in the 1% of lunatics who went the antipod route and you don't own him at the moment, you could look to invest in him. Uh, Yes, I am one of those lunatics. I actually sold him off this round uh, just as a way of over 300K. Would I have done it in the top 100 or the top 1,000? Absolutely not. But it was a gamble I was sort of willing to take. And so far, so good, I suppose. He came out and hit his 45 off about 35 uh, in last night's fixture. It's paid off all right. No wickets, thankfully. Only got the two overs, I believe it was. So, so far, so good. But a bloke that I'd still look to bring in. Um, Happy with the antipod so far. Absolutely terrified having to watch him again in round eight. Blunston Arena against the Hurricanes to open round eight. Jeez, he could go big there, but... Uh, it was just a bit of fun that I was willing to have. But look, I, I can't say I'd recommend selling him unless you really wanted to get game. Spy at the st- uh, sorry Strikers, what are your thoughts there? And um, Jamie Overton has been <clears throat> tremendous as well. Three for 23 or four. I still do own Jamie Overton. What are your thoughts? Anyone you like on this roster? Yeah, Matty Short's a boss. Um, hard to antipod, but it's cricket. It's not footy where... The best players are guaranteed to score you yeah. know, a decent score. You still could get a duck and bowl one over. So you can have a crack if you want. Just be aware of it could go badly, badly wrong. Um, Jamie Overton, absolute weapon. Love him. Still a somewhat reasonable price given how good he is. Um, he's having a rest on my bench this week along with Cooper Connolly. He scored about 240. <laughs> <laughs> but he'll be fresh for round eight, which will be nice. Um, outside of that, Chris Lynn looks phenomenal but not someone I'd be targeting uh, at his price. But, I mean, he's batting well, so I'm, I'm not totally against if you want to do it. Uh, but it's probably a, our man, Henry Thornton, back in the side, playing some good cricket. Um, I mean, he's, he's capable of wickets, isn't he? So if you want to have a crack at someone at, at pretty low ownership, don't mind Henry. Henry Thornton, we love the bloke on this podcast, and he's been pretty good so far. And uh, a, bit of, a bit of a sneaky one there if you want to go with it. As well, Spy, moving on to the Melbourne Renegades. Big movement here at the Renegades because Akil Hossein, the star West Indian, comes in for the Renegades for their final two games of the competition. Uh, an all-round gun. He's been successful in this tournament last year. He's been successful across world cricket over the last 12 months and beyond uh, he will likely bat at number seven coming in for Kelopotha and Will Sutherland, this mean, bats at number six. So Spice Sutherland at six, <clears throat> Hossein at seven, two really appealing guys there. And then if you uh, – the downside to a guy like Jake Fraser-McGurk or Sean Marsh, we know Quinton Cox departed the tournament, but Jordan Cox, etc. two late games in the round for the Renegades. So uh, no real – auto-emergency looping opportunities. Um, who do you like from this lineup? 
Yeah, it's a shame they play late because obviously Jakey Fraser-McGurk back at Marvel. Um, that deck did struggle a bit for bats when they last game. Uh, then they go into a match at the showground, so that makes it a bit harder to get him in. If he was batting at somewhere like Adelaide, he'd be straight back in my side, oh, but yeah. probably going to have to avoid him. Uh, but at the price, he's, he's a kind of bloke. As we've seen, he could go off. Uh, for me, Will Sutherland, huge shout. He's lost some coin again. Back at six, as you said. Bowling, he's, he's due probably a little bit of luck and some catches, so I'll be pretty keen on getting Will back in next round along with someone like Curran. Tommy Rogers can do a job on any day, so I don't mind him either. Uh, again, on a pitch where it could do a little bit for the bowlers over the next two matches for them, so they're probably my Melbourne targets. And, yeah, I think I'll realistically will get Will Sutherland back into my side. If you need a push for Hossein, over at the Abu Dhabi T10 tournament, uh, finishing early on in December before the Big Bash started, Hossein, player of the tournament in the semi final. Walked away with pretty tidy figures of five for six in that one. So not a bad way to go about your business. Uh, he is expensive at over 200K to start, um, but a very good option. I love Will Sutherland as well. A player who had had some good moments early on in the tournament, struggled a bit more of late, particularly from a super coach perspective. But you ju- I feel there's another big one around the corner. And the fact that he gets promoted up the order of spot, they lose Quinton DeCock, so the batting lineup weakens. He's got a really, really good role for the final two games, obviously dual position. I actually got Sutherland into my team this week, and that was to allow my vice-captain, Paul Walter, uh, to initiate that captaincy loop. And I had Glenn Maxwell as an A on my bench, got his 65 to come in. So I actually brought in Will Sutherland when he was the most traded-out player this week, which really surprised me. But it also reflects that every team set up is very unique. Because I know Tom Aitken brought Sutherland in this week as well. And that it's not a one-size-fits-all in Supercoach BBL. <clears throat> every team is set up so differently. When you add in loops and all these sorts of things, it can be very, very different. Uh, so, yeah, Sado in for the Stallions. And speaking, really of, um, speaking of swinging for the fences there, I... Woke up after we went to the test cricket on Friday. Bloody good day, late night. Um, woke up, saw what happened, had the shits. Was a bit hungover, so I was like, oh, I'm just sick of it. <laughs> so I didn't quite prepare my loop correctly, so I got Paulie Walter it, stuck with the VC. Realised I couldn't really do much about it, so I was sort of stuck with him. Could have brought back in maybe a Fraser McGurk, but would have had to cop Stoinis. So I was like, you know what? Bugger this, I'm going McSweeney and Jai Richardson. Both the chance of not playing game two, but what if they go off both of them? I was like, eh, just pod galore. So I've got my skipper on Jai. So if he doesn't play tonight, I get seven. And then I'm like, shit, Timmy Williams is a, a bit behind me. I probably should have looked at this before I went. <laughs> so I need Jai to play tonight. Um, but, yeah, I sort of forgot about that when I was just had the shits on that Saturday other. <laughs> Spy, the mere mention of that, I didn't think I was beating anyone home this season. Uh I haven't finished outside the top thousand in in BBL Supercoach about four or five years. This week I'm on bloody flat stick run at finishing the top ten thousand. Um, hopefully a lot more comfortable in the top four or so thousand after this week. But the idea of running you down has filled me with a lot of hope and a lot of excitement. So I to play for it. Sort of, it made me very nervous when that thought crossed my mind. I thought <laughs> I could have been maybe a bit more realistic, but that's um, all right. After a lot of slagging this season, uh, mate. I'm excited. I'm excited. Here Bring we go. on. Spy, the last three teams are the sides on the double game week in round seven in the Scorchers, the Heat, and the Hurricanes. And I think probably more importantly than buyers on this list, particularly the Scorchers, are the holds. So 
Who are the guys that you, you, the single games that you'd be looking to hold from these lineups? Uh, we'll start with the Scorchers. So yeah, the Scorchers. It really depends on value, doesn't it? Like we know they're all nearly as good as each other on their mm. day. So if I'm selling anyone, it's probably the blokes that have made a heap of cash that you can then turn into valuable blokes elsewhere. Um, someone like your Jai Richardsons, maybe AJ Ty. Uh, if they're cheaper and they're and they're named for round eight, then I don't necessarily necessarily see the value in selling them uh, unless your side's totally stacked, of course, and you can afford to move them on. So for me, it all comes down to value. Someone like Aaron Hardy's in that antipod basket where he's, you know, around that 200K mark. You could turn him into someone pretty damn good, but he could hurt if you sell him. So, again, it just depends how aggressive you want to be. Um, and I'm honestly, I'll leave it up to the individual on this one because they can all do a job. Uh, the only one I probably would look to sell is Lance Morris because his break even will probably uh, be pretty high and he'd made, he's made a heap of cash. So, I'd probably sell him on. But yeah, I think they're all good. And to be honest, I'll be happy to probably keep my scorcher guys and just hope to finish strong with them. Yeah, you're right in that uh, it, it is going to be very dependent on their performance in the second game of the double in round eight, which kicks off uh, the time recording in about two hours' time. Um, but I, I know Maxi Bryden uh, said he can't get rid of Jai Richardson quick enough from his side. Maxi uh, is all about current form, that fella, and he's got no respect for pedigree, I've noticed, <laughs> this season. And Jai Richardson is one of the Best plays in Supercoach and has been for a number of years. So at his value, which is rapidly declining, uh, I will be holding a place for him in my team. And Maxi, you're going to eat your words, mate. So we will wait and see. Uh, the other one is like we've seen Jason Berendorf get a rest. Look, there's every chance in two hours' time. Spy, try to say it to you, but I'm feeling a Jai Richardson rest coming on. Um, you know why I reckon not- they? You know why they reckon they won't? is because they badly need him in form and he ain't getting better sitting in the shed. So that's the only benefit of him bowling poorly the other night, I think. But we'll, we'll see. They might just give him a spell, but fingers crossed not. But that's the swing I took. We will see. As you said, mate, you mentioned Aaron Hardy. A good antipod opportunity because he is the obvious hold from the side. You know, We know that he'll play, or well, expected to play their last two games in good batting form. He opened the bowling for them the other night. Seriously, trying to guess when that bloke is going to bowl is an absolute lottery. Um, but he's the obvious hold from them. AJ Ty, I'm keen to hold on to. Josh Inglis, especially with the wicket-keeping loop. Uh, probably look to move on Zach Crawley, despite a, a decent second game. Uh, sorry, a decent knock to open round eight. Spy the Brisbane Heat, Paulie Walter will not be leaving my side. I'm a Colin Munro owner who I'll likely look to move on at the moment. Uh, how do you sit with your Heat players? Walter looks the main the main hold there. Yeah, Walter's a perfect hold. He's just doing a job scoring consistently. Look, out of them, I'd probably agree on Colin. He's, it's, I'm not saying you have to sell him, but he's someone that might mm. have a bit of value after this double round that you could move on. Bartlett's an interesting one. If you if you saw, brought Bartlett in for the double, he's going to be worth a heap of coins. So he's a buy option. He's he's a buy option and a sell option. This is yeah. how crazy yeah. BBL gets late. Like because of the price, it just all depends what you're looking for. So if you're, you know, if you've made his points and you might be able to flick him directly to Daniel Sams and then you can do good trades elsewhere, then why not? But also. He keeps taking wickets, doesn't he? So he could be a hold or a buy. It's just it's it's different to footy in that there's such variables in this game of cricket that I, I don't necessarily care what you do. Just make sure it's based on logic when you do it. Like you wouldn't sell Bartlett for some bloke that's never played, but if it's Bartlett to Dan Sams to free up an extra trade, then that makes sense. And on the flip side, if you want to get him in because he's killing it, that's fine as well. 
He's at 26% ownership among the top 10% of teams overall. As you said, he's been in sublime form with the ball, uh, bowling key overs for them. So, yeah, look, I, I'm not against Xavier Bartlett as a buy I'd sell at him. all. I'd actually I'd, I'd sell him going to Perth, but, yeah, it could be bold doing that. But I'd sell him. Mm, yep, yep, we'll see. I, uh, I don't mind him as a buy, so we'll see how that one plays out. And, mate, the last one there, the Hobart Hurricanes. I have Showdery, McDermott, and Nathan Ellis. Uh, pending wicketkeeper loops and a few different things. And well, they what the Hobart Hurricanes play in game one of round eight and game two of round nine. So that makes, especially if you're a Sammy Harper owner as it stands, uh, makes McDermott a really good loophole opportunity at wicketkeeper. So probably a hold for him, especially off that big knock last night. Shoutery, a potential hold as well. Again, a little unpredictable on where, when he bats, um, how many overs he's going to get bowling particularly, but he's looked really good with the bat for them. Tempted uh, Nathan Ellis, he's done well this round, 121 points, but we moved on for me, I dare say, before the end of season. How are you looking? Yeah, they're in the meh basket, the Canes. Like they're, they're all doing somewhat of a job, um, except Caleb Jewell. Um, so last night, this is this round's story as well, so I've come on holidays, got off the plane. I missed the first, maybe the first over. Turned on, I was like, Caleb Jewell at Adelaide, he's going to go bananas, loves it. And about four seconds earlier, he's just pulled one straight out of the middle, straight to mid-wicket. I was like, oh, you're joking. <laughs> I didn't even get to see him bat. So, look, I might hold him. He's due a score. He can bat. So I might loop him in round eight because he owes me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, look, he's going to be down to 100K. Outside of him, Nathan Ellis. Don't, at the price, I think Ellis could be a decent hold. He's a good bowler. Um, and if you you can either have him on the bench or play him if needed, but if he can do a job for you at that price, I quite like Ellis. Um, he's a good he, loop opportunity again, yeah, being in this side. But also, if you stack your side elsewhere with quality all rounders, and he's you know one of your bowlers, I don't mind that at all. He, he's a pretty good player. Um, Chris Jordan's going pretty well, but very inconsistent. So uh, I'll leave owners to make a decision on that one. But for me, it's uh, Mikhil Shiadri. I'd be actually pretty keen to get him in. He's taken a bigger and bigger role for him because he's good. Uh, he's getting bats and he's bowling his four overs because he's pretty classy. At that price, he could sort of enable other quality trades for me. So I quite like Shadri. Shame I didn't get him this week. Because only because he bowled one over the week before scared yeah. me off. But he's, he's a good player. I'm very happy to own him. But the reality is that you know he could also come out and what he's batting at number six for them at the moment uh, you know, there's not much going on above him in the order. Ben McDermott absolutely saved their innings uh, last night with 95 off 61 balls in a terrific knock. But batting far enough down where the, you know there's no guarantee of him bowling. He seems to be getting better and better every time he does. Got his four overs uh, in the game against the Strikers. Not a buy for me, but I'm happy to own, and especially with the opportunity to loop. And Chris Jordan's the other one you mentioned there who... Uh, look, he's been terrific this round for them. Got an opportunity with the Willow, 30 in that fixture. So uh, a decent buy as, well, probably not a buy, but certainly would be looking to hold Chris Jordan. Uh, Spy, I'm going to rank my top five for the round, single game week targets. Tom Curran at number one, I think looks like a terrific option. Bo Webster at number two. Will Sutherland at number three. Akil Hossein for Sean Abbott at number five. Very keen on all those blokes and are likely to figure in my trades over the next two rounds. 
keeping in mind, I already own Glenn Maxwell, Overton and Walter, who are all terrific buys in their own regard. Who is at the top of your pops? Yeah, Tommy Curran won. Talking through this today, I think sort of Southo and Webster, both right up the top there as well, their class. Akil Hussain's interesting. So, like, his career record isn't as good as what he did at the Big Bash last year. So I do wonder if he overachieved a little bit, particularly with the bat. So that's probably my only concern. If you are getting in, getting him in, don't expect runs with the Willow, though they can come. Um, they're a again, bonus. They're a bonus. Yeah, they're a bonus, but he does get to bowl at the Sydney Showground in round nine. So, you know, that, that certainly helps. And he could be top of the pops come round nine targets. Um, if he Gordon, took five for six over in Abu Dhabi, the Sydney Showground, he'll, t- he'll take nine for ten. Yeah, so he could be hard to leave out come that final round. Um, sorry, and Thornton and Chowdhury I like as well. We're sort of around the mark there, but I think we both agree Tommy Curran's hot property. Yeah. I'm into a round where they're all on singles. Very keen on him. Maxi Bryden has dropped his super pod rankings for the run home. Maxi from yesterday's podcast, fire away. These are guys who I went through the top 10% of coaches and looked at the ownership levels. I think that this is a real fascinating study based on how hardcore people have played the draw this season. Um, And when you find guys, particularly in hot teams like the Sydney Sixers at such low ownership, when you finally get them down to a single game week, all of a sudden they become really interesting prospects. So um, here's the list of super pods, and I'll give you seven that I've ranked so far, and I'll put the full list as well into the WhatsApp for the the, uh, Playbook subscribers. At number seven, David Warner, just 57 owners in the top 10%, and he'll cost you 125K. Got the double game week coming up in round nine, hence that ranking as high as seven. Uh, is, is he going to make it there for round eight for after his brother's wedding? Who knows? But he should play both games of that double, and I think he's a really, really juicy option uh, at pod levels to bring into your team. At number six, he's the super coach superstar from previous years at 1.4% ownership in 73 teams, Sean Abbott. He will cost you less than $167,000 uh, and gets two games uh, in your team. Um, and if he finds any form that he's had in previous seasons, he could be a fantastic pick. At number five, Tom Curran, bat bowl, all-rounder. He's only got 40 owners in the top 10% of teams. He'll cost you less than $180,000. You can actually downgrade a guy like Jack Edwards to him uh, for this round, which I think is a really fascinating prospect. Less than 1% ownership. Number four, he's a big swing for the fences, but if you, I don't think any of us here would count against him doing what he did last year. It's Steve Smith. Now, the amount of ownership that he has in the top 10% of super coaches is a big, fat duck egg. And that's the opposite of what he's going to score against the Sydney Thunder at the SCG on Friday night. It'll cost you $275,000, but would be the super pod to end all super pods. I've got him ranked at number four. At number three, it's Tomo's guy. It's Ben Dorsius. He's gorgeous. He's only got 26 owners in the top 10%. He'll cost you about $140,000 and just seems to get the job done every single time he picks up the white ball. I think the Sixers are a great chance of beating up against the Sydney Thunder on Friday night in front of a sold-out SCG, uh, and that's why I've got him at number three. At number two, one of my favorite players in the Big Bash, it's King Henry Thornton with just eight owners 
eight in the top 10% of super coaches. He'll only cost you $164,000. He'll cost you that much because he's bloody good at super coach and he takes wickets whenever he picks up the new ball. If you think the Adelaide Strikers are a good chance of winning their final two matches against the lowly Hobart Hurricanes and Sydney Thunder, then he's a guy who would be a super pod to put into one of your bowler slots for the run home. And number one, the West Indian left-arm orthodox spinner. We've spoken about him before. It's Akil Haseen with just five owners in the top 10% of super coaches. He'll cost you $208,000. He might break the bank, but with matchups at Marvel Stadium and at Sydney Showgrounds against the Thunder, he could be a guy to deliver bulk points to your team in Supercoach. That's the Superpods. And the full list will be in the WhatsApp for our subscribers as soon as this podcast is live. Thanks to the big fella for that one. Guys, we all know that sometimes life can throw a few sneaky wrongings at you and managing your debt can feel like facing Brett Lee without a helmet. But fear not, because Paddy and George at Mortgage Choice SCW are the perfect pair to help come up with a game-changing strategy to help consolidate your debt. Whether it's car loans or credit cards, the boys can help you knock it out of the park. So get in contact with them. Take the stress out of your life by consolidating any debts that might be causing you a bit of grief. Learn how to manage them from the experts. Usually it'll cost you $129, but because you're a listener of the SC Playbook podcast, completely free of charge. So when you do get in touch, make sure you mention SC Playbook. To do so, flick the boys a message on Instagram at patandgeorge underscore SCW or call them on 02 9521 Doesn't matter where in Australia you're based. Email, Instagram handle, number, all that on the in the articles at scplaybook.com.au. Spy trades and skippers for round eight for the Kuma Stallions. Tom Curran looking like coming into my side. Pending cash situation. Pending cash situation. I sold Matt Short, so I'm absolutely flushed with cash. And we're watching that first game of the round very hesitantly. Uh, but Dan Sam's likely to come in as well. And then one of Abbott or Webster. I'm leaning towards Bo Webster at this stage. Captains, uh, I will be putting it on Curran as vice-captain, especially as nearly 100% of Supercoach will have it on Matty Short. Uh, a big pod opportunity for me, but as I said, probably not going to work out well with no Matty, but we will see. So far, so good. Captaincy, if Curran goes no good, be leaning over towards Maxwell or a Sutherland-Hosein sort of situation if I can get Hosein into my team, but I quite like Will Sutherland batting at six now. Uh, Spy, what are you looking at? Yeah, it's really dependent on tonight. Um, so I might look to consolidate on McSweeney's ton after he pumps that one out. Um, <laughs> no, he might not even play, but we'll see what happens tonight. It'll all depend on money and just how hard I want to have a crack and probably after this discussion how far you're behind me. <laughs> so that might <laughs> come right into the reckoning. Match me. But, yeah, I think Tommy Curran and Southo, without just trying to match out the two standout targets for me, I've just got a few thoughts as well. If you're looking to really, really climb and sort of swing the bat, so to speak, I think one thing you can do is just forget about break-evens. It's late in the season now. Yep. There's like a round or two left. It doesn't mean you can't take the cash to then upgrade next round, but, you know, choose who you want to choose based on points now rather than break-evens. You can anti-pop popular batsmen if you want to do it. Bikes like, um, you know, Aaron Hardy. Matty Short to a degree as well, even though he does bowl. Um, mm. But, I mean, if you want to sort of – if you've got McDermott there, for example, and you think, I can actually get him across to this all-rounder I want, you can still sell McDermott after his massive score last night because he may not do it again. That's the beauty of cricket there. You can sort of have a crack there and have a punt against those batsmen. Um, and the other one, just a reminder, if you've got someone in an early game and they're, they're a gun and they're popular, put them on the bench, put the auto emergency on them. 
And as long as you've got someone you can loop with, it just means if they fail, if they get a zero or a 10 and everyone's started them, you get a leg up. So that's sort of that classic move to do late in the season. But yeah, it just depends if you want to really shoot for glory or finish with a bang or just maximize your rank, in which case you can just go a bit more conservative up to each individual. Uh, but yeah, I've got some decisions to make following tonight once I see who's in form and what I exactly want to do. Yeah, solid advice by and a good example of the, the the early in the round looping. I think someone like Jamie Overton is a guy that because he's got such good role, he's been one of the best in Supercoach this season. Ordinarily, you'd be like, all right, I'll try and loop other players from beat the Strikers or the Hurricanes or maybe it's players from the Sixers and Thunder in game two of round eight. But if you're looking at a pod play, the pod play is you do it in the first game because it'd be such high ownership. Everyone will have him starting, or a lot will, I should say, not everyone. Um, and it can work with a bunch of different plays and scenarios, but there's an opportunity to do it that way. I think he doesn't have to start for me because if he doesn't fire, opportunity. Just quickly, um, and just to add to that, a lot of us may not have the loop option in round eight. If we've been Definitely not. Yeah, line. sorry, I'm, I'm speaking from my own uh, side with Sam Harper, who yeah. I don't know um, what the update is on him, but you know he could come in, so he's my only loop at the moment. So for me, one of my trades will actually be to downgrade, um, let's say Nathan McSweeney, about 120K. I'll probably drop him down to a bloke that won't play late in the round, free up sort of $70,000, $80,000, and then give me that loop chance as well. So that'll be trade one of three for the week. Mm, yeah. Rate that entirely. Um, speaking of trades and enough downgrades, Maxi Bryden, take us away. So it's going to be a lot uh, dependent on the break evens and the cost of some of these Perth Scorchers boys uh, after the second game of their double. But as it currently stands, it'll be Sam Whiteman, uh, Jai, and Aaron Hardy out. And in will be Dan Sams, uh, Akil Hussein. Uh, and then either someone from the Sydney Thunder or a loop player, um, uh, probably Hugo Burden um, from the Brisbane Heat that I'll bring in. So um, uh, the way that I've managed my money so far, I probably need to kind of nuff out one player down to a 42K player um, just to really sort of maximize the amount of um, spend that I can have in round eight and round nine. And when you're buying two players over $200,000, um, that's not the easiest thing to do. Um, so if, if I don't have to nuff out, um, then I'll be looking at either Chris Green um, or even Tom Collar-Cadmore and potentially use him as my wicketkeeper loop uh, in round eight. But we'll just see how far the funds go. Um, skippers, it's going to be Matt Short, VC. Um, the C will probably be Sam Harper because Matt Short's going to score a century and take five far. Um, but if that doesn't happen, uh, then it might be probably on Glenn Maxwell as well um, at this stage. Thank you, Maxie boy. Guys, that is it for the SC Playbook Round 8 Podcast 2.0. If you enjoy our content, do us a favour. You're sitting there, you're having a, a beer to wrap up your holiday, your Chrissy New Year's break, all of that, and you're on your phone, you're just wrapping up the potty, uh, jump onto your TikTok, your Instagram, your Twitter, your Facebook, and follow SC Playbook Cricket. Uh, even when the BBL season wraps up, we'll be going 12 months around without cricket content. So plenty more good stuff to come out of that. Spy, you've come off the bench on short notice and uh, you've delivered. Yeah, it's good to activate the auto-emergency loop today and just come off and sort of have a crack. So it's probably come out better than maybe I expected at short notice, but hopefully it's, we've done the job. And good luck to everyone up top. And if you're sort of just in the middle there, good luck for a powerhouse finish to get you up those ranks. Love it, mate. Cheers, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We will be back for our end of season round nine finale uh, ahead of that. Cheers.